Welcome to the Black Moose First Podcast. I'm your host, Alton Jamison. I've made the journey from having an incarcerated father to becoming an engineer to transitioning to a professional speaker and author. And now I am the founder and chief chess player of Black Moose First. Black Moose First is a company that offers chess boards and accessories, apparel and personal development products that empower people like you to change the world one move at a time. In the game of chess, white pieces always move first, which is an advantage, and the black pieces move second, which is a disadvantage. Black moves first is more than an oxymoron in chess. Instead, it calls for people to strive for success, even when the odds are against you. To strive for success, even when you may not have the advantages of others. Our motto is, changing the world one move at a time. This podcast explores the stories of how people have overcome adversity to make their own moves and change their own world, whether in the game of chess or in the game of life. Good morning, everyone. This is actually episode three of the Black Moves First podcast, and we've been so excited. We've had some wonderful guests uh, so far. Today, we're not going to disappoint at all. We have a wonderful man, wonderful entrepreneur, man of God, just brother in Christ, Dr. Robert Watkins. And sir, I'm so honored and, and just so elated to have you on the show today. Man, thank you so much for having me. And uh, uh, man, I've been following you and all the good work that you've been doing, empowering uh, all of us. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy to be here with you today. God bless. And I, I like to let everybody know we're going to kind of go through the, the resume a little bit of this, this wonderful brother. But this is the guy. This is the, the premier guy. I've, I've watched this uh, just wonderful man of God just do so much for the body of Christ, by the way, of entrepreneurship and empowerment. And so, Dr. Watkins, if you will, maybe just kind of give us a little background of who you are to benefit those who uh, don't know you. Then we'll talk more about some specifics, the organizations, the products. But give, give the audience a little background of who you are, sir. Yeah, trust me, I haven't always been Dr. Robert Watkins. <laughs> Uh, so it's been a journey. Uh, you know, I, I always like to tell the story how a 19 year old girl got pregnant in, in the 1960s. And uh, thank God uh, she didn't abort me. She was um, unwed. And back then, having getting pregnant and, and not being married was a very shameful thing. And she ended up turning that little cute little black baby boy over to the state of Michigan. He was a, a ward of the state. He was an orphan. And um, but then there was another woman on the other side of Detroit who just got married and she was barren. And then being married and barren back then in the 60s was equally as shameful. Uh, but I was in a, an orphan and um, I got adopted by that wonderful woman and her husband uh, who gave me his name, Robert Lee Watkins. And uh, took, took me back to a little town called Monroe, Michigan. And um, I was a knucklehead. They put me in the church somehow. God graduated from high school, went to the army for several years and um, got um, uh, started a business called Conquer Consulting and uh, where we have probably financed somewhere close to about $47 million for small businesses and uh, launched over 500 brand new real estate uh, investors. Most of them, all 98% of them were black, 80% uh, of them are black women. Uh, so we've uh, I've been very busy. I've uh, written several best-selling books, uh, mostly on business and finance, 
And uh, most recently, I'm very proud to um, kick off my mentor program for men called The Rise of a Man, something I've always wanted to do. So all of this experience uh, is now being poured into men all around this country. And it's been great mentoring. It's the most satisfying thing I've ever done. But my banking, investment banking background is nothing. And if I can't help men stay in their homes and um, that's what I've been doing. You know, that's awesome. You know, Dr. Watkins, and we're going to unpack some of that stuff. I, I remember having a quick conversation with you some years ago over the phone. You probably don't even remember, but I know I was talking, I was speaking full time at the time and you said, Hey, you know, I, I enjoy speaking, but I would be rather somewhere putting together a hotel deal or, or doing a business deal. So take, take us back to your very first business deal and how you became, you know, to where you are now, because you are one of the first people that really gave me an understanding that we are supposed to dominate, not just in the ministry, but in the marketplace. So yeah. take us back to that first deal. Yeah, success is, is when you prosper, but significance is when you help someone else. And I've always tried to be significant in other people's lives. And so my, I used to teach business at Emory University as well. And what I discovered was, as empowerment and education just not enough and my and so i wanted to move out into the uh marketplace because a lot of students were coming back and they were saying well dr why because i need money and they had all this great education they were mbas they were smart people from good families but they were missing a piece and me moving out into the marketplace initially was a disaster <laughs> i mean my very first hotel deal i mean we raised over a million dollars and back in 2007, right before the housing uh, crises, and uh, they, you know, the bank had given us a commission, you know, a, a letter of commitment to start for $47 million. Long story short, the bank started saying that people were not going to be able to afford homes. We were building 900 estate homes. Long story short, we lost the money. It was a million dollars that was raised amongst all the investors. Man, I was sick. I was in the bed literally for two months. I couldn't get out. I was so depressed. I was so mad. And I'll tell you, I just have to interject God here because this is where, how I got out of that situation. And I remember the Lord came to me and he said very clearly, he said, I didn't tell you to do that in the first place. <laughs> and it was, so I was being led by my desire to be successful. I was being led by my, my, my desire to be known, to be like this business guy. And as opposed to me just being secure in who I was. And so I had to take a step back and start doing things differently and start surrounding myself with people who were smarter than me, people who had done it before, people who were more experienced, people like Luther Ragsdale, people like who bought, sold and managed over a billion dollars in property before he was 40, Mel, Mel uh, uh, Clemens, who buys and sells insurance companies. So I had to create a new circle. And because of that, things began to happen. And then the, the real transformational moment for me was not just my own deals, but then putting the emphasis on other people first. If I can make other people money first, then somehow God will make sure that my needs were met. And that little small change in my thinking changed everything. Wow. You know, I've always heard the saying that your network will determine your net worth. And I know you've always preached the concept of surrounding yourselves with people even smarter than you. I know Robert Kiyosaki, we know, talked about that in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that, you know, he, the, the, he doesn't have to be the smartest person. He can go out and hire A plus students. He can just be the guy to direct them. And so that, 
That is powerful. I remember you were doing for a while, you had the, the kings and priests concept. Yeah. Um, and you talked a lot about it. Can you share with us a little bit about kind of uh, that, that vision and what you were doing with kings and priests? Yeah. So, you know, when I was coming up, I was trying to figure out who I was. Right. I was just like this orphan boy. And I would always get teased. Man, your own mama didn't want you. I still haven't met my birth mother or birth father today. And, you know, and it really doesn't really matter. But there was a point where I was so insecure about who I was. And, you know, and then I, I went to the Bible and I began to see how the kings were anointed to bring in large amounts of resources. They were the marketplace leaders. They were the the, the, the wealth builders. They were the investors. They were the risk takers. They were the bankers. They were the people that God entrusted with their with God's wealth. I said, wow, I can identify with that. But then I also saw the priest, who the priests were the men of God who spoke for God. But then I saw who ruled the world in the Old Testament. It was the kings and the priests working together. I began to see how the kings were controlling the marketplace and the priests were, were distributing God's word. And I began to see the partnership between Joseph and Pharaoh, the king and the priest. And back then, that if you wanted to eat, you had to travel all the way to Egypt to deal with Pharaoh and Joseph, the king and priest controlling the entire global marketplace. Same thing with Daniel um, and, and King Darius. And then even in, in the disciples with Jesus, he was the priest and he surrounded himself with marketplace leaders. And so then I began to see in Revelations 5 and 10, where the Bible says he's called us to be kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And this is what the Lord told me. And I know this is not a spiritual program, but this is what the Lord oh, told we're me. Good. Oh, we're good. Go with it. He said that the kings should have the financial resources to excel the priestly ministry and the priests should have the message and the method to, to excel the king's business. But when the king and priests work together, we eliminate lack both in the marketplace and in the ministry and in the world. And that's what I've been on this journey to do is to get the ministry and the marketplace to work together. We need God and we need money. We need why the marketplace? Because that's where the souls are and that's where the wealth is. And God wants that in his kingdom. And uh, and we have to be smart about it. We got to be wise about it. And um, that's what I've been teaching for the last 20 years of my life. So that, that's powerful, Dr. Watt, because I, I believe I heard, I think it was Pastor Bill Winston talk about the enemy wants to own three things, the mill, the money and the marketplace. You know, the mill is where you work. Obviously, the money is what you can get. And then the marketplace is where you go and spend your, you know, and buy stuff and get all the things you need for your home. And what I have noticed, even when I have talked about entrepreneurship or even finances in church and you know, I'm ordained and my wife and I, you know, we pastored before and all of that stuff. It seemed like there's always a resistance. <laughs> now, maybe it's better now because it's, you know, it's a cool, you know, it's a lot cooler for the pastor to have a business and all this stuff. But yeah, it wasn't, I, yeah, it wasn't then. But why do you think, and, and maybe it's getting better, I, I, I don't know, but why do you think there's always so much resistance when this type of teaching sometimes tries to come into the body of Christ? Well, you, you've heard me say there's more than 2,350 scriptures in the Bible on how to handle money, how to raise, how to grow a business, how to manage money, how to leave it for the next generation. The Bible even defines a good man by what by what he leaves behind. So there's more information about money and business in the Bible than hell, faith, 
and heaven combined. God has a lot to say about resources, money in particular. But for, for the devil fights us harder in religion when it comes to the money message. We call it prosperity. They call them prosperity pimps and all this other stuff. And money was the, that's God's idea. Right. That, the, the original word for money came out of the mouth of God. The original word for business and vision and inheritance. These are God made words. These are not words that Wall Street made up. The, 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 these are words, vision, inheritance. These are words, real estate, land. These are God's ideas, and we're supposed to own and control those assets so that our families and our culture, the next generation, is much better off. That's our job. So there is a resistance from ignorant people, which is ignorant. And that's what people don't understand is that when the faith community, when Christians, when we don't have control of what goes on in the marketplace, uh, when we don't have control of that area, and we don't have control of if the only source of income we have is our job. You know, even the Garden of Eden had four streams. Right. So yeah. if, we, if the only source of income we have is our job, then your job will always tell you how, where you can live, you know, what you can do, where you can take your family on vacation. And why do you think people try to take shortcuts? And I'm not knocking on like get rich quick schemes or any of that stuff. But I seem like a lot of times when you teach these principles, people want to all of a sudden do it overnight. You know, they want to just read the book and just think they got it. Or as somebody said, you know, it took them 10 years to be an overnight success. Why do you think when people do get the principles, they want to try to circumvent the process? Well, let's look at, let's define what, what, a, what the marketplace is and, and what a job is. And we can answer that question. The marketplace, it all belongs to God. The marketplace is the kingdom of God. It, it, it's the government. It's the it's the education system. It's the healthcare system. It is the business system. It includes the church. It all belongs to God. You and I should be dominating and controlling all of these mountains, as they call them. All of these, all of these sectors, right? It's all in. It's all the kingdom. Now, when you get a job and now you're susceptible to what you should be controlling, that doesn't feel natural. So you have to understand, why do I have a job? I have a job for two reasons only, to get seed and to get experience, to go and conquer. That's why I have a job. It's not, it is, that's why retirement is scary for most people because it's like your job is not your purpose. And so you're supposed to be dominating. It's not natural for one man to dominate another man. That's why we have these racial issues. That's why white supremacy is, is on the rise because there, there's a fear there that someone is gonna dominate them, so they try to dominate. So, so to answer your question that why, why is there such resistance? Why aren't we dominating? Because we're allowing the system to dominate us. We don't have the right tools. And here's one tool that we do have that we're not using is unity. As long as you're over here doing your thing, and I'm over here doing my thing, Listen, you're going to lack and you're going to lack. But when we come together, I guarantee you, I have something that you need. I, I own a finance company. I own a consulting company. I own commercial real estate downtown Atlanta. I know what it takes and how to own commercial real estate. I see where the, the pitfalls could be. I see where the deals could fall apart. I can see the political pressure coming for a black man owning commercial real estate downtown in a major city. There's a lot of pressure there. There's a lot of resistance there. But listen, I've been through it. So 
for me, just to hold that information back without sharing that with someone like yourself and the next generation is a tragedy. And that's what's happening. Wow, that's powerful. I, I remember one pastor said it best. He said he should be able to walk into his church and say all the people with abundance stand up. All the people with lack stand up. Now, y'all get together and balance it. And I thought that was powerful because that's really what should happen in the body of Christ. You talked about dominating this and it leads me to your to your current conquer worldwide. You know, we want to conquer. Can you talk to us about conquering? Absolutely. You know, we have a mantra. We have our staff meeting and we start off by saying, are you ready to conquer? Right. And that's our mantra, because we got to get in the mindset of that. Conquer just means to overcome. Right. It just means to. Uh, to win. It just means to be on top. And it just means to prosper. Um, these are words that uh, that just innate in who we are. And so Conquer Worldwide, um, you know, we provide those strategies. Uh, it, it, there's nothing more frustrating than a man who has a dream with no resources. That's a nightmare. You've heard me say that. A nightmare is a dream without resources. And that's where a lot of people are. And you can't, ha you have a dream and you can't pay your bills. That's a frustrating place to be. So we, we for a long time, we were providing business plans and uh, business advice and creating teams. But then at the end of the day, you still need money. OK, so where is the money? That's why, you know, this this PPP and I don't want to date this podcast, but the you know, there's the U.S. Treasury just opened up and they're just pouring out forgivable loans. It's free money. Now, I never like to go to the government for anything, but in this case, you know, it's like we need the education and the empowerment to understand how to get what's ours, especially for black Americans who've never had access to this type of cash. Now, white Americans, in many cases, have had this for years, right. for centuries. That's why they're so far ahead, economically speaking. And so now we've got to re-educate ourselves because we didn't learn this in school. So Conquer Worldwide, from doing webinars and educating people, I use my education background from teaching at Amy University and traveling around. I speak at probably 100 churches a year. So just using my education gifting and understanding the marketplace and bringing those resources to, to everyday people. And um, I tell you, we've had people now that, that own bed and breakfasts. They own wow. like I said, real estate uh, companies. They own um, uh, you know, restaurants. I mean, just any technology companies, biotech companies, media companies, television networks, that now we were able to not only empower and educate, but finance. And to me, that is the kingdom of God. That's awesome. So, so a young entrepreneur, any entrepreneur can come to conquer and obviously it's a process, but they can work with your organization from the original idea all the way through the financial process of getting the resources. Yeah. What makes us different is that we don't want to start with your business plan. We want to start with what's in your heart because business is going to be tough. And when you get to a tough spot, if it's just a job, if it's just about money, you're going to quit. You're going to want to get up. You want to give up and not get out of bed in the morning. But if it's in your heart, you're not doing it for the money because the best transformation that you can make in your life, the paradigm shift has to be, I'm getting paid for being who I am. And money is following what's in my heart. That's the, that is, man, that's good living right there. When you, when you just, you know, I get paid for, for being Robert Watkins because I develop myself. I, I, I know who I am. I know the value that I bring. And so now I put a business entity around that 
a team around that, a board around that, strategies, planning around that, and it's just a ripple effect. So now I can be like Chick-fil-A. Whenever you go to a Chick-fil-A, I had a chance to meet with Chua Kathy before we went home to be with the Lord. Chua wow. Kathy started um, Chick-fil-A, and his two sons, Bubba and um, Dan, are good friends of mine. They've been to my organizations. And when you meet Dan Kathy, he has the biggest smile on his on his face. When I remember walking into his office, hey man, just and his and his two sons are just like that. It's the same spirit that that little eighteen year old kid has at that front counter in Wisconsin, and he says, "Welcome to Chick Fil A. How can I help you?" It comes from all the way from the guy who owned the, who started the company. So there was, it's more than just training. There's an impartation that's there. And then if you look at why did Chua Cathy actually start Chick-fil-A, it wasn't to make money. He just wanted to take care of his family. He became a billionaire off of a chicken sandwich. And so what I'm telling people and, and those that are, that are following you is that it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you're going. And God will use the simple things to confound the wise. It's the simple things. It's already in your life. It's already there. And that's why we say what makes us different as a company, there's something that's already in your heart. And we just got to dig down in it because it's covered up with, like for me, divorce. It's covered up with stress. It's covered up with past failures, with hurt, insecurities. It's covered up with uh, you comparing yourself to other people. It's covered up with all this stuff. And we say, no, stop the noise. What's really in your heart? What's, what's really... What's really the thing that God has called you to do? That's gold, because that's what you're going to pass down to your children. I had a conversation with a guy yesterday and he was talking about how uh, COVID has changed his business because he traveled a lot. He had to make a lot of adjustments because his income was sliced because he couldn't travel. But he said now he's at a place of he's just not trying to be like everybody else. <laughs> he's not trying to. He said, you know, you know, he had some went through some things in his marriage, you know, he's still married and now he can be present with his kids. And what are some of the hard lessons that you've learned on this business journey? Because I know for myself, when I, when I was speaking full time, you know, I think the last year I was, I spoke over a hundred sometimes I was going 200 plus days of travel. And the only thing my three-year-old daughter could remember was daddy goes to the airport. <laughs> yeah. And and so I felt like I was, you know, John Maxwell said it best. You know, you spend your whole life climbing the ladder of success. Only when you get to the top, the ladder is leaning against the wrong building. And and that's what I have. I'm learning now that I've tried to chase so much or be this or be that or want to have this or that. And then I end up hurting myself or even those around me in the process. What are some of the tough lessons that you have learned, Dr.? Well, those are tough lessons, man. And uh, you, you, you and I have so much in common. Um, but the thing that makes me different is that my marriage ended because I was chasing a rabbit. Uh, because I, I was chasing this thing called success. I was chasing, you know, at that, that time, $10 million status. And and it, it, it hurt my family. And I had two little baby daughters. And um, so I was defining love the wrong way. I was like, well, we got a big house, don't we? We got cars, we got food in the refrigerator. What are we complaining about, <laughs> right? When the very thing they wanted was me. And thank God today, 
that my oldest daughter goes to uh, Wellesley College, which is an Ivy League school in Boston, and my youngest daughter is on her way to Georgia Tech. They define themselves as scientists. But listen, it was years that I lost them. I lost their trust. I lost their emotional, um, uh, the emotional intimacy with them. I lost being a dad. I was just somebody that was just paying the bills. And um, fortunately, I didn't die. And so I was able to reconcile. Everybody's doing fine now, but I lost a lot of time. That was, uh, I'm never going to get back. And so uh, now I have to look forward and now I have to figure out, I had to figure out, listen, I can still be who I am, but I have to redefine myself in priority. I am a dad first. I'm a man of God. I am a, I'm a prayer warrior. I had to redefine myself. And, and that's what this pandemic has done. I think it has reset a lot of our mindsets to say, you know what? I don't want to be known to my daughter for going to the airport every week. Right. <laughs> It's great to make a, a few thousand dollars, but it's even greater to sit on the floor with her and roll the ball back and forth. That's a tough lesson that I had to learn. So for me, uh, I had to go through a lot of, of heartache there because I hurt people. Right. And what I had to find out that I was chasing something that wasn't even meant for me to have. It should be chasing me. That's why I wrote the paycheck, the, 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 the book, Never Chase a Paycheck Again. And that came from my life mantra. I'm done chasing paychecks. Paychecks are chasing me. Now, as a man, I have to figure out what you have to figure out. How am I going to pay for everything? Okay, that's when we stop. You and I might have ever gotten together like this because you're chasing something. I'm chasing something. Now, man, two great brothers can't get together and do something wonderful. Because now you and I could be talking about building a college, building a hotel, taking over a neighborhood, you know, uh, uh, creating a marketplace in a desolate city somewhere. You and I now can strategize and do something wonderful because we stopped, we paused, we said, listen, we have the same value. You love your family. I love my family. Man, let's do something great as families. That's so powerful. I remember, Dr. Watkins, when I came off the road full time and fortunately I had an engineering background and I went back to work as an engineer, but I was gone so much. I didn't remember what day the trash came. I didn't know when to put the trash to the curb. And for about a year and a half, I resented being a regular guy and a regular guy was, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not doing anything exciting. I'm just here being a dad, a husband. And then what God reminded me of is that you know, when we say yes to something, we say no to something else. And when we say yes to chasing all of this stuff, we say no to some of the greatest blessings, you know, that he's given us, you know, our children, our spouses. And when I read the book, Never Chase a Paycheck, what I realized, even in my speaking industry, was that, you know, I would go from feast to famine. You know, anybody who's in any of those type of industries, they know, you know, financial advisor guy, whoever, that if you don't do it right, you can go and have a commission. Man. That's what you were hundred percent commission. Right? That's it. You can have a you can have a fantastic month and and get to spend it, and then next three months something happens. And so what I realized, I was chasing a paycheck, and that I was calling myself an entrepreneur, but then I really learned a hard lesson that man, I'm really self-employed. You know, because if I don't get on this stage, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get that paycheck. So. Talk to us about the book, Never Chase. First of all, I recommend everybody to get a copy of that, uh, their own copy. But talk to us about the
the book Never Chase a Paycheck Again, why you wrote it and just uh, just some of the concepts behind it for those who are not familiar with it. Yeah, you know, being a billionaire may not be your objective, but certainly being financially free should be your objective. And that was the first and foremost. Um, I was looking like I was prosperous. I was looking like um, I had it going on, you know, with the big house and, the, you know, the car payments and the big new cars and all this other uh, stuff, but it was all over leverage. It was all debt and it was killing me. It was stressing me out. And you're right. I was, I was chasing paychecks. I was chasing money and anything you do for money, it will stress you out. That's why most people don't like their jobs because they're doing it for money as opposed to doing what's in your heart. And so I wrote the book, uh, number one, for people to start living financially free. Now I know that the people that are watching this say, well, how is that even possible? How can I live without a mortgage? You can do it. Our great grandparents, our grandparents and our great grandparents did it because the bank wouldn't give them a mortgage. So you can do it. My grandmother and grandfather, they saved for um, 26 years uh, to buy a house and they bought it cash. Right. That wasn't a grand house, but it was a house that they're proud of. And listen, they were financially free. Right. And so I looked at their life and how happy they were and how the food they had on their table and 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 they lived to be over 90 years old and they were happy and they died within, you know, like a lot of older people do married couples. They died within the same year uh, of each other. But the thing was, they lived financially free. They did it the right way. And I looked at my own life. I'm like, man, I am struggling to pay this mortgage, man. And, and then, you know, I was like, you know, I'm having months where I don't know if I'm going to make it. I can't tell the wife that. I can't tell the wife that. What am I going to do? And I was like, I got to stop this madness. I got to stop it because it's killing me. And if I miss a couple of months and you really don't own it, you know who owns it. If you miss a couple of payments, you really don't know who owns that house. Okay. You're going to be knocking your door. So, so I had to stop the madness. And so. I had to learn everything I could about money. And uh, and this is what I found out. I didn't have a problem making money. I had a problem managing the money. And most people don't have an income problem. They have a management problem. And that's the problem that I had. So I had to downgrade in some areas. I had to start. I had to I had to make some some moves some make some tough decisions, because here's what I found out is that I created this life myself that God didn't tell me to buy all this stuff. Not that God didn't want me to have it. The way I was doing it, the way we buy cars, you, you, I want you to drive a nice car, but it's the way you buy the car. If you if you pay, paying a car for, buying a car for seven years, just because the car payment is low, trust me, you're in seven years of debt. If you're buying a house with a 30 year mortgage, you were enslaved for 30 years. So it's the way we buy big things that allows us to be slaves to those things. And so the book talks about how to buy a house the right way, how to buy a car the right way, how to manage your money the right way, how to invest the right way. And here's the other thing I had to learn. The highest level of prosperity is not owning a business. No, 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 no. The highest level of prosperity is being an investor. It's where your money is working for you. Money makes a terrible boss, but it makes a great employee. And, and here's my real strategy. I don't, I don't, when it comes to clothes, traveling on planes, uh, when it comes to restaurants as much as possible, uh, especially buying cars, I only, I don't buy things where I don't have ownership in. I fly Delta a lot because I own Delta stock. 
I buy Apple products because I am an investor in Apple stock and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so these, cause I need that money to go back. So while I'm spending money, I'm building wealth at the same time. So I hadn't really changed my mindset when it goes, which means now I had to learn something about the stock market, right? And so don't be afraid of those things, right? Robinhood.com is great. There's a lot of ways that you can get into the stock market so your money can work for you. I looked, I bought 10 shares of, uh, what did I buy just the other day? Bank of America. Um, and it's, it's up $85 the next day, okay? So you know, that's your money working for you as opposed to you working for the money. So I had to do things a lot smarter. So the book gives you all these strategies, including how to develop seven streams of income so you'll never be broke another day in your life like I was. I was rich broke. Yeah, I think what, it, what they call it, house poor or faking it till you're making it. And, and, <laughs> and one thing that, that uh, God has challenged me at this point in my life is that, um, and I think I've heard even uh, uh, maybe Pastor Dollar may have preached a message on it before about there's a lot of people have that fake prosperity or fake you know like we we got the big houses or the cars and all this stuff but uh you know go ahead and miss two payments on that car <laughs> you know why are you parking your car around the street why are you why are you doing all that and so the thing man that i think that people got to get is that first of all you got to change your thinking you got to change your stinking thinking and really get what understand what true wealth and prosperity is it's more than just the best house on the block or this or that it's more than just those things and those things will come and go and i was reading a scripture today and it said if you plan carefully you will have plenty but if you act hastily you know you will be in lack and i really love that translation because it it, it teaches me now that when we take the time to plan as you talked about if we take the time to think it out then we'll be in a place where we'll have more than, than we ever had. You know, doctor, what are some of the other resources that you have for people who are on this journey to um, just change their, get their business going, changing their financial IQ? What are some of the other resources and tools you have? Well, number one, you know, from a framework um, in delivering tools, you, you gotta have tools. And the first thing you need to have is a mentor, right? And a lot of people just don't, they, they think they're smart. So for, there's no way I could be who I am today without someone being smarter than me. The Bible talks a lot about the safety in the multitude of counselors. So I wanna know what books are you reading? Who's, who, who has access to your ear gate and, and to your heart? And so we have something called the rise of a man for, a mentor, for, for men. And uh, we've got the rise of a woman that's coming out shortly. And uh, I personally meet with them uh, once a month. Uh, for six months. And um, and then we have our group calls. That's a six-week program. But the key is, is having a mentor. And you can have, you know, we have books like uh, How to Hear from God. And and uh, my, my latest book is called uh, Chosen, right? All of this is on Amazon, right? And of course, never takes a paycheck again. But, you know, just, just being in your ears. So number one, having a mentor. Uh, and then number two, having someone there that can help you implement the information because a lot of us, we just have fat heads. We just, you just have a whole bunch of knowledge and it's not wisdom until you actually apply it, okay? So it's great to read the book. I want you to read my book, but more importantly, I want you to implement 
with the strategies in the book. And so we're there to help walk you through on a coaching side to make sure that those things are implemented. And then here's a big one at number three, having a 20 year plan. And most people, they can't think beyond next month, but having a 20 year plan uh, gets banks excited. It gets investors excited. It gets followers, volunteers excited about your vision. So uh, those are the things that I would say a mentor and then a coach to help you implement and then that 20 year plan. So not only do you know where you're going, but your family knows where you're going. Your children knows where they're going and your children's children knows where you're going. My daughter doesn't realize that she didn't just accidentally end up in Ivy League school or my youngest daughter is not accidentally ended up at Georgia Tech. It was a plan before they were born. Right. And so it was it was on a key. Then I had to do my part. Because they wouldn't have got into either school if their dad was a drunk or in and out of jail. Trust me, it matters. Your last name matters. Okay. So, but all of these things are not just happen. It just doesn't happenstance. They're planned out. And then as God begins to navigate and bring people in and resources, uh, he can do that according to his plan for your life. So those are the three things that, um, that we offer everyone who's watching here to get them to the next level. Thank you, sir. And I, I cannot stress enough that uh, every I told somebody yesterday, every entrepreneur that I have met, successful entrepreneur, they're reading some book or just finished reading a book. I mean, I've never met a successful entrepreneur. It's like, I hate reading. Um, but, and one, I think Brian Tracy even said, you know, you should invest three percent of your income into personal development. So the, the thing that I want to stress is that if your plate's full, and you're still broke then you're eating the wrong food you know <laughs> if you if you're doing all that you know and you're still struggling then you don't know enough don't just get this stuff as we do church programs we write down the sermon notes we tuck it in our bible and we got you know two years of sermons in our bible that we know never go back into but you have to get i mean most of us are one book away one one sentence away in a resource one webinar one you know rise a man program away from getting that little thing that'll take you to the next level dr Watkins, what are some of the things that you would say today to minority entrepreneurs or minorities who that might be in a tough financial situation right now but god has given them a vision to start something what are some of the tips that you could provide them to how to take those first couple steps to go in the right direction Yes, great question. The first step, I will say three things. First step is write it down, right? It's not real unless you write it down. Uh, Harvard University did a study some years ago and they measured what the, the top uh, one percenters, what is the one thing they all had in common? They all had written down goals, right? And that came from, you know, Habakkuk 2 and 4, write the vision down and make it play. So you got to sit it down. When you go to Google, uh, headquarters there in Silicon Valley and, and Apple. You see, you see Steve Jobs' vision. You see the Google's vision right there in cement on the floor. Well, it's 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 that's what we all rally around, right? That vision. So I would say number one, write it down. Number two, who can help you with this, right? You need to know who's done this before. And so I don't care how small or how black or how fat or how skinny, I don't care how you look or how broke you are, it doesn't matter who can help me. Just like you reached out to me, man, I'm with you. I just wanna know you, you have the right heart. 
You, if you ask me to come where you are, whatever you ask me to do, you want to come to Atlanta and do a seminar in my building, we'll figure it out, right? But you have not because you ask not. That's right. And many people have fear and they say, well, Dr. Watkins is not going to help me. He's, he thinks he's all, he's too big. He's too far away. No, I live to help. And you'd be surprised who, who successful people have that same heart. So number one, write it down. Number two, ask for help. And then number three, here's the big one. Here's the real big one. Can you communicate what it is that you want to do? Can you give me a vision and tell me what makes you different? What makes this unique? What makes this stand out? And here's the, the, the fourth one. How does it make me money? How does it come back to me? Okay. So it can't just be me just giving, 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 right? And it's got to be, okay, I've already figured this out, right? So if I invest in your life, my time, if I invest in my, in my money, you need to already have that figured out. Well, listen, if you invest into me $1,000, here's how we're going to get $4,000 back to you in six months. I'm all ears. That's great. Let's talk about it, okay? So those are some things that will get people involved people of quality involved and help you get to the next level as a minority. Here's the other thing with minorities is that it's not just black people investing in the black people. Other cultures are recognizing the value that minorities are bringing to the table. They're recognizing that that Conquer Consulting, my consulting company is a minority company and we've been helping minorities for the last 20 years. As I said earlier, we've launched over 500 brand new black real estate owners. Okay, we have a great track record you don't think that Bank of America and Wells Fargo and those people on Wall Street, they want to know how they make money from us. Well, you're going to have to pay us in order to get access to what we're doing, right? That's right. So uh, you have to build something of value. And that's my point. But if you figure those things out, write the vision down, ask for help, uh, have a great plan in terms of how you're going to bring return on investment back, um, then you'll begin to see great work. And you won't just be a minority company. You'll be a minority majority company because you're doing so, so well. Those are some wonderful tips. And I hope uh, that you're writing it down. Uh, you know, Dr. Watkins, when I kind of shifted and launched this Black Moves first, you know, obviously the in chess, the game of chess, we know white pieces move first. Uh, and yeah. so the Black Moves first is not only an oxymoron in chess, but we wanted to really just, challenge that mold of hey i want to change the world not only in chess but one move at a time and i saw a void you know it's like man are there any black owned people you know that own chess business there are a lot of people playing chess and other things and what i challenge people to also think about is where is your niche you know what you know how are you going to be different there's a guy a black owned a black entrepreneur here who opened up a car wash one of those car washes you can go in and get your cars and all that stuff done and he did little things that the other car washers weren't doing. He first of all, he had a nice picture of himself up there and had a nice statement. He has like four or five people that walk up to your car. He has family plans. So previously, if I wanted to go to car wash, I had to get my car I had to have a plan. My wife's car had to have a plan. And he does a few more things that are different. So even in something as synonymous as car washes, this black entrepreneur took it up to a higher level. So that's what I think you got to realize too, that you, you may be doing a laundromat like everybody else. You may be selling cakes like everyone else. And that's, that's powerful. One thing, Dr. Watkins, I want to go back to uh, for a moment is that you mentioned uh, 
the rise of man and men, what are you seeing that men are struggling with the most kind of with COVID or everything else going on? What are some of the pressures and things? And what, why do you have such a big heart now for men? Well, I've been in men's ministry for the last, you know, 20 something years through kings and priests. And here's what I found out, whether they are CEOs or pastors or professionals, we're all men. One of the things we've always said, check your title at the door. And there's several things that men have to work on. First of all, we got to stop lying, hiding and dodging <laughs> a lot of times. Right. Because when you're out there hustling you know, and you're out there chasing money, you know, some of us will do anything for money. I know at one point in time in my young days, I do anything for money. It's just, you know, and so and you find yourself cheating on your taxes, you know, manipulating people. And so that becomes a fixture in your character. And so we have to get the character straight, the mind of Christ. We've got to get our hearts right. And, you know, when most people come into my boardroom, the first thing they say, man, if I just had a million dollars, everything would be right. No, it would not be right. Trust me, if you have the wrong character, the wrong heart, because if you have the wrong heart, you will mismanage money. So we have to deal with the heart of a man and stop lying, hiding and dodging. And then number two here's a big word with men that they're not used to hearing is being vulnerable. That is the one thing that everybody who loves that man wants. His wife wants that. His children wants that. Um, you know, his friends want that. Man, who are you? That's why, man, I had to take off the Dr. Watkins. Man, I'm just Robert. Who's that guy? Right? That's who my, those that love me. I, I don't want to go to the movie. I don't want to watch TV with Dr. Watkins. Who's <laughs> right. you me? Right? And so we have this facade and what's the dangerous about having a facade is that there's vices there. You know, there's a lot of men involved in pornography and drugs and alcohol and masturbation. And so anything that's done in the darkness is going to come to the light. So when it comes to light, they're embarrassed because the number one fear of every man who's living like that is the fear of being found out. So we teach men how to be vulnerable, how to say I love you to your children, and how to smile from your heart, how not to walk in fear. I'm not saying being stupid. I'm saying being vulnerable. And there's a strength in being vulnerable. And here's the third thing is surrounding yourself with people on the same mission as you. And so just because Ray Ray Peanut grew up with you doesn't mean they're supposed to stay in your life. right? And so you need people who value the same things that you value. You know, I have a I have a cousin. Uh, we call him Pre Ron, and uh, Pre Ron spent some time in jail. And Pre Ron, you know, he doesn't know my transformation. He still thinks I'm Robert from the block. So he wants to come to Atlanta. And he wants to hang out with me, and he wants to go to parties and go to clubs and chase women and drink and drive and all. I'm like, man, that's not who I am anymore. That's not who I am. I don't value those things, and so I can't allow Pretty Ron to come into my life and destroy what I have built. We don't value the same things. It doesn't mean I'm better than Pretty Ron. It just means that we have we value different things. So what I have to do is minister to him and get him a job and help him get in business. And, and hopefully my values will one day become his values so we can walk together. But you know the Bible talks about how can two walk together unless except they agree. And so those are the three things uh, in the areas that where we have helped men and we've been extremely successful. Men are staying home. Men are better providers. They're making love to their wives a whole lot better. They're healthier. They're in the right mindset and they're just better men. So very proud of that. The rise of is where they can go get information. Brothers, please, please check that out. It's powerful. I mean, I think as men, as 
you know, the law of the lid, right? So our family can't go higher than we are. And we have to go higher as men and not just black men, all men in general, you know, we have to be better guys. And one thing I think we, we have to be okay to get uncomfortable so we can be a little bit more comfortable in our lives. And we have to go through that, go through that process. You know, I know I even have a personal counselor myself and a question that my counselor always challenges me is says, well, Alton, where are you leading your family to? Like, where are you going? You know, where, you know, what, what, what's the plan? I mean, you're working, you're doing this, but where's your family going? And, and that's the thing that he always challenges me. And I challenge all men, you know, where are you going? And it's time for us to be real, as you talked about, and get the help we need. And obviously, you know, what we're doing may not be working. So definitely, you know, definitely get the resource. Check out their website. Uh, Robert, I'm throw off the doctor this time. <laughs> I like to say, brother, uh, First and foremost, I want to thank you for the jewels and the gems that you have left us. So many resources, conquer worldwide, never chest a paycheck, the rise of man. But if you had any parting words you wanted to leave with us, uh, what, what would you say, Doc? I would say, you know, for the men and the women that are out there looking to get to the next levels, three things I would say to you. Number one, never stay where you're not valued. You've heard me say that, Elton, a million times. I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. Never stay in a relationship. Never stay on a job. Never stay in any situation uh, where you're not valued. And I will say number two, for those who are trying to get to the next level, go back to what God originally called you to do. Go back to your purpose. This is a great time uh, to reset your mindset. Uh, if you're if you're overextended financially, uh, it's, there's no shame in putting the car in reverse, coming out of the driveway so you can go forward. So if you need to downgrade your home, if you need to downgrade your car, your transportation, just do that temporarily on your way back. And then number three, prepare for your comeback. Just prepare for it. Write it down. Get your mindset, man. Get work out, man. Just, you know, make some calls. Call somebody that you've never called before. Do something you've never done before. You know, send an email. And, um, you know, but just create an atmosphere where it's perfect for you. I created Kings and Priests because that's who I am. I'm a, I'm a marketplace leader and I'm a minister. That's the perfect scenario for me. I thrive in that. There's no competitors in that. When people think of, of Kings and Priests, that's, that's, that's who I am. That's what I'm in demand for. And so when you do those three things, I guarantee that your life will get better. You'll be at a new level. You'll make more money you ever you ever made. But here's a big thing: you'll be happy and satisfied. Hey Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, man of God. Thank you, Doctor Watkins, and we appreciate your time. And we definitely, we definitely can't let this be the last time. So Absolutely. I appreciate you, brother. I love you, and continue yeah, to continue to uh, do do everything that you're doing. I, I definitely uh, admire all your work. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Thank you again for your time today. And remember to subscribe to our podcast, rate our show, and share with others. You can also view us on the web at www.blackmovesfirst.com. My final charge to you is, what move will you make today to change your world? Stay positive, and I'm your host, Alton Jameson.